Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match, Daniil Medvedev versus Nick Kyrgios, Australian Open 2022, round two. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in three, two, one. All right, post-match analysis train for this event begins now, and a great match to start with. Daniil Medvedev threw in four sets over Kyrgios, it was wildly entertaining through multiple points and I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one final score seven six six four four six six two in just under three hours I want to start with Kyrgios even though I usually start with the player who won the whole adage around Nick is what if what if he did this what if he did that why isn't he playing as well as he can? Why isn't his career as good as it could be? If you take this night in isolation, and this is always the hope, I don't think he could have played any better. I don't think he could have put forth a better effort. He was focused. He was healthy. He had energy. He never let himself get too sidetracked and, and too distracted. A little. I mean, he's always going to do that a little. But it never really got in the way of his performance. And... He really gave everything he had. I thought that this was an accurate representation of Nick Kyrgios at his best, assuming the fitness isn't going to be better, assuming some of the things that that he just you know would take months and months to improve, assuming none of that gets better. Tonight, he put his best put, foot forward. That was the best version of Nick Kyrgios. And we saw what he could do against Daniil Medvedev. And you know what? It was somewhat close. I mean, it, it was respectable. So in some ways, it does just validate. And I think Kyrgios validates this all the time. If you look at his history, has he made a run in a major since Wimbledon 2017 when he beat Nadal and made the quarters? No. So he doesn't validate that he can make a run, but is he dangerous early on when he is motivated on a stadium court against a top player? I think history suggests yes, and I thought that this was another check in the box of, yes, Nick Kyrgios is that guy who who is dangerous and can play a level of tennis that is uh, that is competitive against anyone. He did that here, and I was just really happy with the performance that he delivered. However, he lost. So... Let's talk about Daniil Medvedev and the things he did so well in this match. Just the serve-return dynamic is just almost unfair. Medvedev out-aced Kyrgios in this match 31-17, to which means in the last six months, Daniil Medvedev has out-aced Nick Kyrgios and John Isner, two of the best serves in the world. Maybe my top two. I don't know. Riley versus Nick. Opelka, I'm talking, versus Nick is is a good question. And then Raonic isn't healthy. But if you throw in him him in there, then you have more questions. But, I mean, Daniil out-acing these guys? That's absurd. And I don't have the returns in play stats. But I can pretty much guarantee you more... Nick Kyrgios serves came back in play than Daniil Medvedev serves. And that is just not the game. And we talked about this in Toronto when Medvedev beat Riley Opelka 
in the final and John Isner in the semifinal. Toronto last year. These guys, their winning formulas involve getting more free points than their opponents. That is in the DNA of how they win tennis matches. And when they play Daniil Medvedev, who has all of these other skills beyond starting the point, serve, return. But when it comes to starting the point, serve, return, Medvedev outclasses these guys and they have the greatest serves in the world. So what is it? Well, it's obvious. The skill gap, the, the skill gap in the serve is much narrower than the skill gap in the return. The return skill gap is bigger than the serve skill gap. And that return is obviously, that return gap is in Medvedev's favor by a, a large margin. So Medvedev actually had a career high aces. And part of that is the Neil serving incredibly well. Uh, another part of that is Kyrgios is returning. He crowds the box a little bit. And he doesn't have the explosiveness in the service box coverage to really react to Medvedev's serve from his return position that he chooses to implement. And as a result, there's a lot of guesswork there. Kyrgios generally picking a side and selling out either on the forehand side or the backhand side. And then if Medvedev went to the other side, it was pretty much an ace every time. Daniil Medvedev has an opposite return strategy. We know very well. He backs up to almost the, the back wall. He was actually not quite there on this, on, on Rod Laver Arena against Kyrgios. He was a little bit in front of as far back as he possibly could be. He's going to use his wingspan and he's going to react to the serve. He never guesses and he covers so much space. First of all, with his, his athleticism and his reactions, but also being six foot six. So just because Medvedev out-aced Kyrgios does not mean that Medvedev hit his serve better. It means that it means that when you take into account the return in conjunction with these two as servers, Medvedev was going to hit more aces with Kyrgios returning than Kyrgios would hit with Medvedev returning. But in isolation, it doesn't tell you as much as, as you might kind of infer about the serve. Of course, that's irrelevant. We're talking about a tennis match, one-on-one, -on -one, and you have this dynamic where Medvedev is, when it comes to serve return, he's playing these massive servers and he's getting more returns in play than they are. So I find that continuously interesting. Now, what does that result in? How does that translate? It forces Nick to execute behind his serve over and over and over again, where he's used to maybe only having to execute a couple of times um, in a service game. He's being asked to execute three times, four times instead of once or twice, and, and those mistakes can build up. So the best example is at the end of the second set at 4-5. Uh, Medvedev got all six returns uh, back in play. All, on all six points, I should say. On all six points, Medvedev put the return back in play. At Laval, Kyrgios blew a volley. He was there, serving volley, and he missed it, should have made it. It was routine. And at 15-30, double faulted. 
Shanka at, at love 15. So there were mistakes there. I guess I guess I should say five because Medvedev didn't have to hit a return. So it should be all five points the serve came back. That's where you open your, yourself up to, to mistakes. And that's where Kyrgios's sharpness and consistency are really tested to the highest degree. Now, I thought Kyrgios was consistent. I thought he was focused, especially by his standards. So he minimized the damage there. But there's just no doubt that he became very frustrated with the ball constantly coming back and then him having to execute. And at the change of ends after that second set, after that game where Medvedev put five returns back, Kyrgios was complaining to his box that that he's serving as big as he possibly can and the ball is still coming back. So it was really bothering Nick. And that's a huge factor here. The second thing is fitness. Fitness is what I think most people really point to when they when you think, okay, why can't Nick win? Why is Kyrgios going to lose to Medvedev? Fitness is, is the thing. It's the number one. And did that play out in this match? Yes and no. Kyrgios had a lot of energy, and I thought he held up really well for three sets. And he ran out of gas in the fourth. But I think... I was surprised he didn't run out sooner. I know, I don't think I'm alone uh, in in being a little bit surprised with how well Kyrgios acquitted himself from a fitness perspective. But I do think that goes back a lot to the crowd. I think that the crowd lifts lifted him up, uh, especially throughout the third set. It, and it's a big factor. And... The crowd does a couple things. First of all, I think it keeps the adrenaline pumping and it keeps Nick from from having physical lulls because they they really keep a minute. But also when it comes to the putting pressure on the opponent, whenever you go down love 15, for example, whenever Medvedev went down love 15 or whenever it was 1530, the crowd made those moments so big. And that's letting Daniil know that he's under pressure. And it's letting Nick know that there's blood in the water and that there's a chance. And I think Medvedev, if you were to look at like his heart rate, for example, or his anxiety levels, if the crowd was not there and he went down love 15, I feel like his anxiety levels and heart rate would be at one place. That crowd just ticks it up a notch because they tell you and, and it's innate and it's natural. And I don't think that you can do anything to fight this off. Even though you know it's just love 15 and there's no reason to panic, the crowd is telling you that you're in trouble. The crowd is telling you that there's a big moment. So I thought that the, the crowd gets a lot of credit for keeping Nick engaged physically, where the effort level never really went away. He wasn't pulling the trigger too early in rallies for the most part. He was hustling at all times. His shot selection was disciplined. And these are the things that are aren't always true for Nick Kyrgios. But the second thing when it comes to movement is is the court coverage and the defense because I do, watching Kyrgios play, I feel like there is meat on the bone there and that he's, Medvedev is, is for, able to force a lot of errors on balls that I think a lot of other players would be able to neutralize, especially the best players in the world. But Kyrgios just doesn't have the strength in his legs to get to the spot and to play, you know, appropriate defense and to recover and to change direction and to make those hard cuts. So that's one thing when I watch Kyrgios, I can just see 
if there was more strength in the legs, he would be a much better baseliner. But speaking of baselining, it was pretty close. Medvedev did not dominate in this respect until the fourth set. If you look at the first three sets, Kyrgios was able to really hang in there in the rallies. And I think that did go back to Nick's consistency, Nick's discipline in shot making. And Medvedev, I feel like his plan was a little bit passive. I think he wanted to test Nick's lungs, thinking that he wouldn't, you know, he doesn't have the fitness, he doesn't have the cardio. And I think that is to some extent true. But Medvedev was a little bit passive in these rallies. And he was waiting for Kyrgios to prematurely pull the trigger. He was waiting for Kyrgios to gas out. And Nick was just hanging tough a little bit better than I think Medvedev was expecting. And because of that, Nick was winning a lot of these rallies because Medvedev wasn't proactive enough. He was he was getting allowing himself to be pushed around. And I just don't think he had a plan from the baseline that was aggressive and kind of forcing Nick to to actually move explosively and defend. I thought Kyrgios was a little bit too comfortable in those baseline rallies. However, it was good enough. Medvedev was good enough in the rallies using his patience, using his defense, his depth, and his consistency to, first of all, I think ultimately succeed in wearing down Nick Kyrgios, which was the plan all along, and also just to stay even. Because no one really had an advantage in these rallies. It was kind of a 50-50 proposition. But again, that was something that I think most people would assume that Kyrgios would be dominated in those settings. And that Medvedev would would have a, a handle on him. Not the case. It's really a 50-50 thing. And I thought that was, again, because Medvedev was not the aggre- he was not aggressive. His backhand down the line wasn't utilized. And it was just not not a complete baseline game from Medvedev. Finally, the the one thing to look out for in Medvedev's future matches, one of the tactical notes I took away that ultimately didn't decide the match because Medvedev won, but had Medvedev lost, it might be something that I would be highlighting. Medvedev's kick serve was getting smoked. Um, Medvedev kicking it to the Kyrgios backhand, and Nick has that very compact technique on the backhand side, and he takes it early, and I've seen I've seen Kyrgios do this to opponents in the past. I've seen him do it to even like a Dominic team who has a great kick serve. But but man, I mean, it was getting punished. So that'll do it. Uh, I thought it was a, a really good match, and Kyrgios was as good as he possibly could be. Medvedev did his thing, so impressive all around, and a, a really really entertaining match. I hope it's not the last time. We saw Nick Kyrgios in Australia because he still has a lot to offer this sport. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New 
new episodes of Fly on the Wallin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts.